1: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Money Girl Podcast. I'm Laura Adams, your host and personal finance expert who's been on this show since 2008. My mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. I am very glad to have you with me. And today's show is going to be a little different. That's because several months ago, I was invited to be a guest on a six episode podcast called The Save Space, which is sponsored by US Bank. I recorded it over a couple of days at the Tune In Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. And by the way, if you haven't been to Nashville lately, it's such a cool spot. It actually reminded me a lot of Austin, Texas, where I used to live. Nashville has a famous music row that is basically just one recording studio after another. It's pretty cool to see. So I went there and I had a blast recording and chatting with Kelly Sutton, who is the host of the podcast. And she's also an Emmy Award winning broadcaster. She's got a Quite a following in Nashville. We talked about a bunch of personal finance and business topics. And as each of the episodes is released, I'm going to include a clip from that podcast in the Money Girl podcast. So today you're going to hear me in episode number one, where we cover a variety of tips, including managing household expenses, saving more, dealing with financial hardships and creating emergency documents to protect you and your loved ones. But before I play the clip, I'm going to cover five ways to cut the costs of everyday items that you're already buying. I mentioned a couple of these in the Save Space episode, but didn't have time to go into much detail there. This is episode number 608 called Five Ways to Cut Household Expenses and Save Money. All right, so let's get into the tips. I think a lot of people kind of give up on cutting everyday expenses after a while. They might think that it's impossible or just not worth the hassle. But I want you to change your thinking if you've kind of given up about it because there are many, many ways to save money by spending less without having to make significant sacrifices. Then you can use those savings for other important things like financial goals you may have, maybe it's building an emergency fund or investing for retirement. So let's get into it. So the first tip is research and shop online. If you like shopping at local stores, I want you to consider how shopping online can help you pay less. Most of us maybe are doing a little bit of both, uh, but I want you to consider that one way shopping online saves you money is that it's a whole lot easier to research and compare prices and discounts at different merchants online. You also don't have as many distractions when you wander around a brick and mortar store. And I know this is gonna vary. Some people might say, well, there are more distractions online. I know for me, when I'm in a store, I tend to be more likely to pick up extra items that I don't need than when I'm online. So, you know, you just kind of have to know your habits. I think that online shopping saves a ton of time and hassle. You don't have to deal with traffic parking or even long checkout lines in certain stores. A lot of retailers also offer free shipping, so you don't even pay for the convenience of having your items dropped at your front door. I really love that. But before you hit that buy button, I want you to always look for additional ways to save even more money. Check out Rakuten. This is formerly known as Ebates. This is an incredibly easy and free way to save even more money when you're shopping online. Once you visit Rakuten, and it's R-A-K-U-T-E-N, I'll have a link to it in the notes for the show. Search for the store that you want to shop and simply click through. If you make a purchase, they get a commission from thousands of top online stores and then they share that commission with you in the form of a cashback rebate. And Rakuten cashback rates can be as high as 8%. It just depends on the store where you're shopping. And they send you a check or send you a direct deposit once a quarter. Tip number 2, Buy pre-owned clothing. Now, I know some of you are going to say, "Laura, that just doesn't sound good." Well, I want to tell you, in the past couple of years, I've really come around to pre-owned clothing, and and I've actually become a huge fan of buying gently worn pre-owned used clothing. There is a massive market online for secondhand clothes for women, men, and kids. I'm going to tell you, you can find quality items for a fraction of their retail price. Additionally, wearing used fashion is a form of recycling, so it's good for the environment. When you extend the life of a garment instead of dumping it into a landfill, that reduces waste. And when you have unused clothes, shoes, accessories, you can earn a little money by selling them online. Each fashion site works a little bit differently. So you need to be sure you understand their selling guidelines. But here are some of my favorite places to buy and sell fashion. The first is The Real Real. This one is for buying and selling luxury items such as Versace and Gucci. I mean, high-end stuff. So if you have any of those items or maybe you've got some very expensive pieces to sell like watches and jewelry, The Real Real can even send out a merchandise manager to your home for pickup. They verify authenticity, take photographs, set prices, and do everything to create your listing description. And your commission can be up to 85% depending on the type of item and the resale price. I find the Real Real incredibly easy for selling. I've had a lot of luck there, and I've also really enjoyed buying from this site. The second one I want to mention is called Poshmark. You've probably seen this. If you've done any searching for clothes online, Poshmark comes up quite often because there's just a lot there. It's a social marketplace where you can buy, sell, or participate in themed shopping parties for a variety of pre-owned items. So what happens on this side is you've got to take the photos, you upload the photos, you create your own listing for each item, and then shoppers will send you bids on those items. And then once you agree on a price, the seller receives a prepaid shipping label so that you can send it to the buyer. And then as the seller, you're gonna get 80% of the sale price. Poshmark is definitely a way to get more money for your items, but it's a little bit more work. You know, you've got to do the photographing, you've got to think about a good listing. So I do like that one as well, but it does tend to take a little bit more time. And the third one I'll mention is called Thread Up. This is a marketplace for buying and selling pre-owned clothing. And, and you can also order a prepaid bag or shipping label to send them your unused items. And the items that they choose to sell on their site will get photographed and they're going to do all of the, the listing of it and set the price. The items that they don't want can either be returned to you for a fee or they can donate it to charity. That's what I do. I'll put together a whole box of items that I'm not using, send it to ThreadUp. You know, these are the items that are probably not uh, brand name designer items, or they maybe are not as in as great condition as something that I would put on Poshmark. But you send it to them, they're going to give you 40% of the resale price on the items that they choose to list. And, you know, they may only take half of the items you send. It just depends on the condition of the items and what they're looking for. So these are really great options for recycling your clothing, buying clothing at much lower prices, and also cleaning out your own closet. A couple more popular clothing resale sites that you might like are the Luxury Closet and TradeZ. I haven't tried these, but they look great. Moving on to the third way to save, it is enroll in subscription services. I am a huge fan of subscription services. They kind of keep me organized and they also offer some nice discounts. One of my favorite ways to save on non-perishable goods is shopping through the Amazon Subscribe and Save program. If you haven't tried this, check it out. You receive up to 15% off a really vast selection of grocery, personal care, and household items plus you get free shipping. What happens is you decide that you want to put a certain item in your subscribe and save program, and then you set up the delivery schedule that you want. It could be monthly, it could be every three months, and then you can actually change the frequency on the fly or even cancel the subscription at any time. So, what I find is that it's a really great way to manage all my bulk orders in one place. I use subscribe and save for things like garbage bags, paper products, cleaning products, soaps, vitamins, office supplies. And it's also great for grocery items that have really long shelf lives, maybe things like popcorn, coffee, cereal, rice, beans, pasta, canned food, those sorts of things. And if you're interested in subscription sites that specialize in organic food or natural household and personal products. There are several good ones that I've used. Grove Collaborative and Thrive Market are two really great sites to check out. All right, the fourth way to save money is use grocery delivery services. While it might sound like a luxury to have groceries delivered, guys, I'm going to tell you, it's a considerable time saver for me. And I cannot stand going to the grocery store. It's just like one of those things I hate doing. So what I have done for several years now is the Instacart Express membership. It's $99 a year, and that gives you unlimited deliveries for any deliveries that total $35 or more. So if you think about spreading that $99 membership out over a year, that's less than $2 for a weekly delivery. And and that's probably a wash compared to the cost of driving to the store and certainly in, in terms of your time. Plus, deliveries prevent me from going grocery shopping when I'm hungry, so I don't make bad choices. And in addition to grocery stores, depending on where you live, Instacart may deliver other things and and go to other places like pharmacies pet stores, and liquor stores. I mean, it can be really convenient to have heavy items such as dog food and even heavy liquor bottles delivered right to your door. And you can also set up orders for store pickup if you prefer to go to the store but have someone else do the shopping. Shipped is another popular delivery service that's got pricing and store selection similar to Instacart. Shipped is owned by Target, so that's a really good option if you're a Target lover, Walmart is also trying to get into the delivery game in select cities. They've got competitive pricing for members. So if you're not sure whether this is right for you and you want to commit to an annual membership, give it a try just for a one-time delivery and see how you like it. I'm going to tell you, if you're like me, you may never ever go back to the grocery store. And the last tip I want to give you is shop farmer's markets. While I love shopping online and having groceries delivered, I do also enjoy a good farmer's market. I love supporting local vendors and and mom-and-pop shops when they offer something unique or really high quality. So find out where the best farmer's markets are in your area and check them out. In addition to fruits and vegetables, a lot of them also have a variety of fish, meat, bread, coffee, condiments, and pre-prepared salads. And a lot of times the quality of these items that you're getting at a farmer's market are going to be way better than what you would get at the grocery store. Depending on where you live, you probably have a weekly market that's got really high quality and seasonally fresh food at surprisingly low prices. And that can also be a nice supplement to what you buy online and have delivered.
0: Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way?
1: Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claridon clear. Use as directed.
2: People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. So we've covered a little bit of everything from managing debt to planning a wedding. We've served up a lot of information for you. A personal finance buffet, if you will. So now we're getting to the good stuff. No, I'm not talking about dessert, although our next guest is very sweet. I am talking about some helpful and simple finance tips that you can apply to your everyday life. And to help us with that, I would like to welcome my special guest. She's a personal finance aficionado, award-winning podcaster. Her podcast, Money Girl, has over 600 episodes. She is the author of seven books, including Money Girl's Smart Moves to Grow Rich, the one, the only money girl is with us, Laura Adams. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Kelly. Wow, what a pleasure. Oh, you know what? We are so excited to talk to you. You came in from Florida to give us your tips and tricks and we are all ears. Awesome. This is fun. Thank you. It really is. Okay, let's talk about everyday personal finance, the household. This is an overarching task I think there are so many little things that we do day to day where we could be saving money and we just aren't. What are some things that we really should be looking into?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's all about being conscious. A lot of people are very unconscious when it comes to spending, so they're making a lot of impulse purchases, right? Maybe you're in the grocery store, or maybe you're like me and you love shopping online,
2: and it's just easy to pull that trigger. That buy now button is a troublemaker, let me just tell you. Big time. Yeah. So
1: I would say if you can shift your ideas about shopping, about spending from being unconscious to a little bit more conscious, you're going to really see some opportunities. So thinking about, let's say every time you make that impulse buy, what could you have done with that money? So let's say you bought those shoes when you really didn't need the shoes that money could have been working for you. It could be in a savings account. It could be in a retirement account growing for you. So I like to think about the opportunity cost that you're actually giving up when you choose to spend unconsciously. So this can roll into a lot of things because, you know, we're all different. For Mm -hmm. some people shoes And, you know, can you... I
2: feel do, like you're looking you right at me. Here? You're <laughs> looking right at me, right into my soul, Laura. And I, I'm speaking that language because you're right. You don't think about that missed opportunity cost. So really you're saying, slow down, give yourself a breath, Maybe talk it over with your significant other before you pull the trigger.
1: Yeah. If there is a dollar amount, maybe it's, you know, a hundred bucks. You say anything over hundred, 200, we're going to have a chat about it. Um, anything that puts a little bit of time between you and that impulse buy, that's the secret, putting time. So maybe even saying, I'm going to wait 24 hours, the 24 hour rule before I buy those golf clubs or, you know, spend money on that vacation, whatever it is for you,
2: that's going to help you be
1: a little bit smarter about how you're spending. I love that. You
2: know, there's a saying, and I know everyone's heard it, I've always got too much month at the end of my money. So how do you look at the big picture and get a clearer example of where your money's going each and every month?
1: Yeah, so you cannot manage what you don't measure. So Mm. you've got to measure it. So for some people, they love doing this. They love spreadsheets and love, you know, kind of looking at every penny. Other people hate it. So think of a way that works for you. Is it some type of a, literally just a handwritten thing that you write down all of your expenses? Or are you a little bit more sophisticated and you want to use some type of a software, some sort of a personal finance software? There's a ton of them out there. Online banking, you know, there are ways Mm. that you can make that purchase, give it a category so that at the end of the month, you've got a report. You can see how much I did spend on shoes, how much I did spend on food. Beginning to measure your spending is the key. If you're not measuring it, there's no way that you're going to see, oh my goodness, I'm overspending in this category or wait a minute, I'm not saving for retirement. Mm -hmm. So making those changes are
2: only gonna come when you get to see the big picture. It's so interesting. You keep saying measure and I've not heard you say budget. And I feel like that's one of those words people definitely have a connotation attached to it. Budget can either be your best friend or something that you dread. So when you're measuring where your money is going, would you say you need to do that two or three months before you start to fine tune it? How do you actually jump in to figuring out how to manage this finance. Yeah, if you've got the records, fantastic. If you can pull those records in, but for some people,
1: they say, oh my gosh, this is this is gonna be a lot of work. So just start where you are. Okay. Begin today measuring and looking at, okay, I'm gonna allocate all of my expenses moving forward. If you've got a few months, great. And as you mentioned, I don't like the word budget. Right. I'll be honest with you. It's like the word diet, Ugh. right? <laughs> we don't like it. We don't like it. Because it, it brings up ideas of, Uh, depriving ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So thinking about maybe a spending plan, we're gonna spend money, right? Mm -hmm. Let's have
2: a plan to do it wisely. I love that. Okay, we hear a lot about buying in bulk, I'm a Costco member. I can tell you that. I love going there. But I'm going to be really honest with you. I will buy in bulk and then throw half of it away because I'm not doing it right. What's a good way to utilize that and really make buying in bulk work in a real life situation?
1: Yeah, you make a great point because you can... Think that you're saving money by spending a lot. And in some cases, it's just going to waste, as you said. So you do have to think about what are the perishable items and the non-perishable. You want to bulk the non-perishable items. I'm a huge fan of Amazon Subscribe and Save. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you can sign up. Have the things like the paper towels, you know, the dish soap, whatever you're buying regularly. Don't buy more just buy the things that you're you're normally getting and have those sent to you not only can you get 15% off you'll have it delivered to your doorstep so you don't have to go out and waste gas to go to the shopping center the hassle the time all of that so it's saving a lot of time and money i would look at that and just start slowly adding things to that and there are other programs out there that are similar but the idea is that you are buying in bulk in the th- for the things that are not going to go bad. You don't want to buy bulk for, you know, meat or things that, right. you know, you there might be a great sale and you you stock up and you think, "Oh, we're just going to we're going to make a ton of whatever it is." And you get sick of it, right? You know, the third night, you're like, I'm not going to have any more of this lasagna that I bought five trays of. (laughs) So, you know, it's just not, it's going to backfire basically. So be smart. Look at the
2: non-perishables. I really love the subscribe and save. I haven't done that yet. Speaking of subscriptions, I think a lot of us have subscriptions that we might want to fine-tune. I know I have signed up for things on iTunes that are reoccurring that I don't use anymore, but I'm just too lazy to really go through and figure out what i should unsubscribe you know how could i save money on those is that another area that we really need to look at to help fine tune oh totally so the gym membership right
1: oh. you know if you're not using it i mean come on don't kid yourself <laughs> you you have got to think about a way that you can you know exercise that that you're going to do it and maybe it's right. something fun if you're not using the gym Quit paying for it. If you're not reading those magazines that you're subscribing to, get rid of it. And like you said, there are a ton of those monthly subscriptions. A lot of companies are making a lot of money on those monthly subscriptions. It's a good business model for them because we forget about them. So audit yourself. And this is part of the spending plan. When you begin looking at item by item and allocating it, you're going to go, ding, ding, here's some red flags. I got to just nix that out immediately. So it becomes easier to do.
2: Let's talk about recycling. I know a lot of us uh, want to recycle. You said that there's a recycling mission that can actually help you save money in a big way. And I'm very interested in this. Yeah,
1: so I am a huge fan of buying used luxury clothing. And if you can think about how you can buy things like that that are gently pre-owned and used, you're going to get quality items for less. You're going to help the environment you can also sell the items in your wardrobe that you're not wearing make a little money and so instead of you know just letting them go into the landfill right. you're letting somebody else get that that gently use clothing, and then you in turn can buy that. So it's a great way to upgrade your wardrobe,
2: save money, and save the environment. I love all of this. What about donations? I know that that's always been a big thing for me. I love the idea of selling some of the clothes that I have. I never quite get to the step of taking the pictures and getting them posted. So I'm making a donation I found that that's a good tax write off. It is. So if you keep good receipts,
1: definitely okay. got to, you know, have that valuation there. Absolutely. Donated. I love that. There are some sites where you don't have to take the picture of the item. <gasps> you can just send it in the really? real the real real is one of my favorites and you can literally just send it in it's got to be a certain brand of item so okay. more top end mm-hmm. they will do all the photographing and the listing for you so that's a really easy way to make a little money and you know make sure that somebody else is going to use all those great things that were in your closet
2: I love all of these ideas. I got to tell you, I'm I'm going home and I'm going to clean out my closet tonight, get rid of some of that stuff. A lot of us are really stressed out and it's just overall from all sides. Maybe it's career, maybe it is truly finances, bills, expenses, and that really impacts our life in many different ways. So what are some ways that we can reduce stress when we're talking about relationships, health and, and just overall mental well-being? So there have been lots of studies that show if you
1: make a plan and it it doesn't even have to be a complex plan simply having a plan is something that will help reduce stress. Why? It puts you in control. You feel empowered when you have a plan. So even just what we're talking about today just creating a way to, to monitor your spending and thinking about, okay, how can I save a little bit more? Once you put that in place, you're gonna feel so much more empowered. And that really is the key. If you can take control and feel like you're doing something proactive, it's all about acting versus reacting. Mm-hmm. When you're reacting and you feel like, oh my gosh, things are just falling you know, out of control. My world is falling apart. You're reacting to that. That's when we feel stressed. If you mm-hmm. can flip that around and go, you know what? I'm going to take control. Maybe you need to sit down with a financial planner or advisor. Maybe you do need somebody to help you put a plan in place if you can't do it yourself. Most people can do it themselves, but that's the key. Creating a
2: plan, getting that empowerment under your belt. I have a friend that says you need to tell your dollars where to go instead of wonder where they've gone.
1: Yes. That's That's, that's fantastic. Yes,
2: yes. Okay, so earlier we heard about uh Natalie Press and Eric Slick. They're adorable. Indie music darlings, and they're about to get married, and they're building a financial life together. So how can couples really work through that? I feel like that's something that's so important. A lot of couples maybe don't want to talk about finances, and then it becomes like one of the biggest problems later on down the road.
1: It is all about communication. So whether you're moving in together, you're getting married, if you are not talking about money, you are leaving yourself open for some problems down the road, right? So Try to find common financial goals. We're not all the same. You know, some, and a lot of times opposites attract with couples, Mm. right? So one's a spender, one's a saver, one wants to retire early, one doesn't. So if you can find commonalities, that's the key. My husband and I have something that we say together, and and I can't take credit for this because he's the one, whenever we have a, a problem or we're like, you know, at ends with each other, he'll say, same team. We're on the same team, right? And so if you think about yourself as a couple moving in the same direction, you've got the same financial goals, which hopefully are to put some money away, save for the future, create some security. If you can unite on that one common goal,
2: you're going to be in good shape. Oh, I like that same team. I need that t shirt. <laughs>
1: Thanks for being with me this week. If you enjoyed that conversation, I hope you'll check out the full episode. We'll include a link to the Save Space podcast and the notes for the show which are in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. If you have a money question or an idea for a future show topic, I would love to hear it. We've got a great voicemail line. If you'd like to call in your question or comment, call 302-364-0308 and leave your message. Or you can email me by visiting my contact page at lauradadams.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Money Girl podcast so you are notified when each new episode is available. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, everyone in the QDT network would really appreciate you taking just a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It's an easy, free way to give back and show your support. You also might like the backlist episodes that we have for you and all of the show notes available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life.
0: Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with one dollar minimum purchase. Bada ba one time on Fridays at participating in through 24 Excludes tax must update rewards.